Cave of Cool podcast, iteration one. From the lands of Western Canada, the Wakanda of the North, welcome to This Week from the Cave of Cool. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Week from the Cave of Cool, brought to you from the lands of Western Canada, the Wakanda of the North. I am Calvin Hyten. And I'm M.D. Jackson. And we are here celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Cave of Cool, your site for everything cool on the Internet. I've been doing it for 10 years now, and so we decided, with Michael's great help here, that we would do our first podcast from the Cave of Cool. I also like to thank Chris Lockhart, who had me on the Geek Fallout show for many, many years and where I learned my ability to podcast, and I was able to work out my material and my, my approach. So I'm thankful that Michael has picked up the, the banner and allowed me to produce my own product here. And I think we deserve to have a fanfare. I think so. Let's have a fanfare. Let's, let's do the fanfare. That was good. Well, that got me to stand up. Well, congratulations on 10 years, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. That was... Yeah, I never even thought I'd last 10 years, but I was always kind of really interested in things and sharing things. And, and uh, years ago, they had this guy on the show called That's Incredible. Do you remember that show? I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, and they had this old guy who every day since like the 1930s he had recorded what happened in his day and he used to cut and paste things out of the newspaper and it was right before the war and after the war into the 60s and it wasn't until the 70s that they found all these volumes that he had created and it was just an amazing um, pop cultural um, look at the world of that time and and a lot of people who study that that era now use his material because he was really good at, at documenting things and so I got this idea that maybe I could do the same thing with things that I just thought were cool. And I was very lucky at the, the beginning. I met lots of good people who just told me to write what you love. And that would make it easy. It makes it fun. And just, there's nothing bad. I love better than going through my old um, uh, archives and seeing things that I thought about or, or movies that I was anticipating would be good and weren't or movies I anticipated would be shit and weren't. So it's, it's really neat to, uh, to be able to create it. And I thank you very much for getting us uh, together and getting this all put together so that we could do our first podcast of this week from I'm the Cave e of Cool. I'm excited. I am too. All right. I mean, there's just some really great things happening these days. Even though this week's been kind of a uh, a, a dick week in many ways. You know, Batman's uh, penis was shown in Damned Number 1, the new black label from DC, that they're trying to um, uh, make more adult comics because kids can't buy comics anymore. We all know that because they're six, seven bucks each these days. Okay. Now and with all the... What, sorry? I, I'm going to back you up a bit. So tell okay. me the story about... Okay. This is the t the thing of this week. All right. There's two two dick pics, basically. Yes. Donald Trump. Yes, the toad, yeah. And Batman. Now, how the heck did Batman's dick get into the comic books? It's a new, uh, it's a new um, um, adult line uh, called the DC Bl Black Label. 
And The Damned is um, um, by Azzarello, who did 100 Bullets, a very good writer. He did also this Joker miniseries with the same artist, they think, and, and they just did such a – it's an amazing piece of artwork, but the way the Joker looks is just absolutely horrific. It, it's, it's terrifying just to see the way they drew him in that story. Um, I wish I could remember the name of it at this time. But, yeah, so, it, again, they wanted some kind of press, right? In, in, a, in, in comics these days, the, the comic business is dying. Um, when the collectors are only collecting variant covers of the number ones, I mean, they're not even reading the second issues of most of these comic books. So it's become kind of a – it's almost like an animal that's going to eat itself, right? Mm-hmm. And so th- this has a picture of Batman's full junk, and it, it's, it's, it's what's getting all the attention. And it's what's going to get people to pay big bucks for these comics if they don't have them already, this, this comic. I refuse to play that game. Um, I don't even buy the variants either because it's it, it's a sucker's game. Okay. But yeah, so, so two decks this week. I mean, DC wow. must be very happy that Batman at least you know has something impressive to to show off. I, I guess. But so. it's such a stunt. <laughs> it's such a stunt. <laughs> now, so what's the? It's the Damned, right? Everything from some Stephen Colbert. What the Damned? Yeah, number one. There's three issues. Okay. Um, and again, it's not a bad Batman story. And it's you know, did Batman kill the Joker? Comic yep. book stories it's a, are online. It should be if it has. Yeah, if it hasn't been bought already. And uh, I, I read it uh, online, too. Uh, it, but it's a, it's a good story. Did Batman kill the Joker? Who knows? He got stabbed himself. He fell into the ocean. Um, he got pulled out by John Constantine. So there's going to be Zatanna and mystery. And and it, the comic's a little hard to understand it at points, but that's the whole point of it. I think they're trying to put you in the same headspace that Batman's in at the time when he's trying to figure out what's going on with him. So I, I think it's going to be a really good issue, but that's all going to be secondary to the fact that they performed this stunt. But it's been very successful. I mean, the Tonight Show, um, every show you can think of had some kind of jokey comment to make about Batman's dick. Well, so, you know, it's a stunt, but as they say, there's only one thing in the world worse than being talked about, and that's not being talked about. So Exactly. I mean, like my dad would say, it's a, it's a trick, but it's a good trick. Yeah. Right? It, they, did it very, they did it very well, and there's very little um, outrage or backlash that there would have been maybe even two years ago. Right? It's just seen when Trump came on, we've got bigger fish to fry. So, uh, you know, a dick in a, cart- in a comic book is not gonna is not driving people crazy, which makes me um, a little crazy myself. Because can you imagine, you know, five years ago, I mean, people would have been burning down the DC offices. It, it would have it would have been scandal, a, oh. an absolute scandal. Oh my God, kids would be burning. They'd be burning their Dixie Chicks albums next to their Batman comic books, <laughs> right? The world is just insane. It's it, it has indeed gone well. When Batman can show his dick and no one bats an eye, because there's so many other crazy things going on. Yeah, you make a holy bat dick joke, right? Like we were expecting. Yeah. Right? It just it just went the way I I hoped it would, and uh, I'm just waiting for 15, 20 years from now when people try to sell that comic and everybody's got it because they all think this is the one, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I played that game too, and I mean I did okay. Like this summer I had a big comic book sale. I did okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually did very well, but I'm looking at some of the ones that I bought that all those image comics that I thought were going to be golden at the time yeah. and turned out to be crap. I have them all spawn young blood, everything by Lee field. Ugh. Now just I, makes you, me sick. You went through a, a, you did some selling of your comic books. You, I did. I have, I had started with 12,000. I sold about half of them. Wow. Most of them for a dollar each because I, I just, I have too many. Um, I, 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 I bought it at a time when I was a teacher. I, I could drop two hundred bucks on a comic book when they were only a dollar twenty-five at the time, you know, no, or dollar fifty-two bucks. You, but for you, it wasn't about the money, was it? The no, sale. not at all. Uh, because it, again, 
it needed to go. I needed to, to downsize. Like last year, I had to downsize some of my action figures because I had like, I had I had the the NSYNC dolls, the puppet ones. I had a Justin Timberlake puppet doll. I mean, why? <laughs> why? You know, I kept my Spice Girl dolls though because I thought those those were such a good buy at the time. Yep. I got all all five for twenty bucks yep. from oh. the discount, the deep deep discount bin. So, but that they they I had to let them go, and it was great. I had so many fathers and sons come by. I had mothers and daughters um, that wanted to just get their kids off their devices, and I have a feeling that in in a few years there's going to be a renaissance of reading and things like that. That people are going to get so tired of things electronic that there's going to be a real craving for uh, like like there's for vinyl these days. There's a real nostalgia for it, and I think that same thing is going to happen with with comic books and and, and the like. And I, cause I wanted to sell for a dollar because I wanted some kids to be able to come and buy a nice stack of books, yeah. you know, to enjoy themselves. And I, it, it was really, really good. I met some great people. I find, you know, some guys I might even be hanging out with, so that's new for me. Um, I don't really have any friends that I hang out with except online. So it, it just really paid off for me to do that. Well, that's great. That's fantastic. And I hope you're right about the renaissance of reading. That that would be nice. I know that has- there's, there's organizations like... There's a something called unplug and play. A lot of small towns have a little thing where they encourage that. You unplug your devices mm-hmm. and and you read or you play or you know go outside and play baseball or something. And I think the kids want that too because I think they all feel the pressure to be good at the latest game or to to research know everything about everything. You know what I mean? Like when something comes up, they've got to go look it up, right? Or if their ki- their friend mentions something, or it's just there's there's so much that they're expected to care about that they never had to and dealing with the I, I taught at a time when there were no phones in the schools right yeah and i just got out when they were still parents were starting to complain that well i need to get in touch with my kid 24 7 right mm-hmm. not when they're in school not when they're in class and that was becoming a real battle and parents are not very all that supportive they'd much rather be friends with their kids than um have any kind of doing kind of real parenting yeah well, and you can't really be you. You can be friends. You can be friendly with your kids, but you know there there's that relationship. You're a parent. They hate that. It's yeah. same when you when you're a teacher. It's the exact same thing. You can't be their friends. No. I mean, they they don't respect that. They re, they want to be disciplined. They want to have lines and boundaries because they don't know where to go. You but, we'll, we'll probably get lots of people sort of complaining about that, saying you're wrong about that. But but. No, no, I see it. I see it on TV. They had a. They, they just did a show on CBC called uh, "This Is High School," and all the teachers, to a teacher, were were having to negotiate with kids about their phones. You know, if if you when you finish your test, go on your phones. I don't give a sh- crap. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they had to negotiate everything just for these stupid phones. And the, and the way that the social media, the way that can bully other kids and stuff, it's it's just exponential mm-hmm. um, to be able to do things like that. But they're stupid. and They write down what they think and. That can be always found out too. Yeah. So it, it balances itself, but I wish they could find some way to just, you know, put something. Always heard we always heard in the schools that there would be this kind of device that would make the phones. Um, we we could control them, right? The phones couldn't call out or get internet or anything. It would be like a dead zone. Yeah. But I've never seen that come by. It's yeah, almost impossible to do. Almost yeah. yeah. So we just have to live with it. But it's, I think it's really just it's so hard to be a kid these days. And that was one of the reasons I sold the comics. I just wanted to give something back because I was very lucky at the time. I always tell the story that I, I got 20 bucks every two weeks to buy comic books back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. My mother saw me with one and said, you like those things? And I go, yeah, they're great. So she gave me 20 bucks, dropped me at the comic book store. They were 60 cents each. 
I could buy everything that I wanted to read. I could take chances on new um, characters and new stories and stuff that nobody can do today because you can't afford to. They've priced themselves right out of the, the business. That's true. You know, my, my mother wanted to see if I'd buy drugs with it or alcohol. I went and bought comic books. So <laughs> that was even wor- I think that was even worse for her <laughs> over the time. But she was happy too, so I was able to give her some money and 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 do some things. So it was it was a it was a good summer for that. Good, I really appreciated it. That's really good. Okay. I had to let go. All right. Well, let's talk about the summer. Okay. Because we're we're going. You know, this is the the end of summer. It's we're moving into fall. Big big movies this summer. Great movies. Let's talk about some of them. What was, well, some of of course, what was some of your favorites this week? Well, my, my favorite one all year was, of course, Black Panther. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hold up. Let's go. I just I was wowed by that movie. I mean, I knew it would be good, but I didn't expect it to be that good. And then the more I read about it, and the more I read about the people who are responsible for making it, I think it. I, I don't want to say they had a chip on their shoulder, but I think they really had something to prove mm-hmm. in that in that environment in that world. And they did it. They succeeded beyond their their wildest dreams. I think they they've opened the eyes of a lot of people uh, to what is possible and what is. Uh, what what is kind of the thing we got to stop thinking about that just because somebody's black they can't lead a movie just because people are black they can't make a movie or star in a movie or make something this impressive i mean everybody was so on board because that director had had a firm idea what he wanted you you know you read about how they brought together created wakanda the costumes and everything it's all taken from real african um tribes the real uh, costumes the look the the guys that had the plate in their lips you know all that stuff yeah. it's all it was all all that Afrofuturism that people have been writing about for a hundred years, all came into that that creation. So whoever you know made it and wrote it and did it, they did the research and they cared about it, and it shows. Mm-hmm. It shows they had a great story and they presented it well, and I, I'm just wowed by it. And, and, and the thing about it, it that really gets me too is that when the Oscars come up and Marvel has just put Black Panther up for consideration for Best Picture, it should win Best Picture. Next year, Infinity War can win Best Picture. But you could tell that everybody's freaking out in Hollywood because they created that popular popular movie category, right? So they could give the Oscar to Black Panther. Yeah, right? they were, they were just going to give it to them. It's like, this is this is it, this is a new category just so that we right. can give it to Black Panther. Right, and what I said was, no, Black Panther gets two Oscars for Best Picture this time. They get the popular one and they get the Best Picture. Now, it, that, that category, they're not going to do that now. No, they dropped it now because, because somebody suggested, well, then they're going to get the two Oscars, yeah. <laughs> right? And someone, oh, shit, we didn't think. <laughs> we didn't think that could happen. Well, criticism so, of that, of course, is that it was the separate but equal award. Right. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Very well. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that there's going to be that kind of backlash um, if they don't win everything. Yeah. Because universally, I can't think of another movie that was as good. I mean, sure, Infinity War was amazing. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles 
that they never could. I never thought they could make that movie. Mm-hmm. After, like, even though I've watched these movies for ten years and been impressed every time by what they were able to create and how faithful they've been able to be to the the mythology that the, the films are based on, um, that they were—I never thought they could do Infinity War. Too many characters. You don't have the Silver Surfer in it because that was a huge, huge part of the original comic book. I mean, it grew out of the Silver Surfer book, and uh, Thanos was was nothing in Marvel history until the Infinity Gauntlet came along and he's become legendary since then and been their, become their big bad and I wish DC could do something like that with, with Darkseid and the Justice League but I guess they're moving towards that eventually, although they seem to be having trouble getting it together But I don't know why, it's just they can't learn, their animation is so good it's so strong I just want, yeah, the death of Superman hold on Lex I'm picking up something Does that asteroid look unusual to you? I got the alert. What's up? Initial reports are some kind of creature. If anyone's watching us, send help! This monster's killing everyone! Amazing movie. Mm -hmm. It should be up for best animated movie. Yeah, now this is Uh, DC animated and DC television series. Seem to be seem to be seem to be kicking bottom, as they say. Yes. Uh, but yeah, the movie's not so much. No, I think there's too many cooks there. Yeah. I think they leave the cartoon guys to do the cartoons, like Paul Dini and and, and those guys. Um, but they have a vision, and they don't put out the animated stuff till it's right. They work on a script because they know they can illustrate anything. So they try to make the scripts really dynamic. And they took this Death of Superman, and the, it's only part one I've seen, because part two comes out next year with the return of Superman, which is really the more interesting part of the whole story. But they did such nice little touches with that. With Lois didn't know Clark was Superman, but she was having an affair with Clark, right? So that's a little twisted uh-huh. when you think about it, right? Yeah. And then, you know, how does she not know that this guy, that their, their bodies are the Anyway, their bodies are the same. They're the same guy. She never figures it out. Such a great reporter. But... <laughs> Uh, it was just really well done, and and the way that uh, they did Doomsday, and the way that he took out all the Justice League, and I mean, I'm almost worried for Batman. He, he like he was, you know, if if Dark if Doomsday got a hold of him, he would have ripped him in half. Yeah. You know, Batman had no business going against him. You know, he just no business. Um, but then done so very very well. Mm-hmm. I just I really enjoyed that one too. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp. I just have one question. When Cap needed help, if I'd asked you, would you have come? I guess we'll never know. But if you had, you'd have never been caught. Fantastic movie. Um, Just the special effects were great, and Michelle Pfeiffer never looked more beautiful uh, than than I saw her when she came you know, when she showed up. Um, and again, that's going to be all... Uh, and what happened in that movie is going to be very important for Infinity War. Okay. And I think there's going to be the quantum realm and how they're going to get back in time. And there's going to be a way that they're going to be able to get to Thanos. But I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it's all going to turn out. I'm really interested in it all. Okay, so Ant-Man and the Wasp seems like it's outside of the... the... It is. It's almost like a Blade thing because there's no other heroes in it, right? It yeah. could stand on its own. Because Avengers of Infinity War, at the risk of spoiling... 
are gone (laughs) you know i mean as i used to say you know the that song dust in the wind kind of went through my head as i was watching the movie but and so you think ant-man and the wasp is a separate timeline it's a separate thing but there is little bits of that might end up feeding into the uh the next avengers movie and Avengers infinity war is not finished yet no no it's not at all because we gotta have part everybody's gotta come back right they gotta figure out how that's gonna happen yeah remember the one the only one reality did they win and that was because um, Doctor Strange gave up the Time Stone. He knows what's going to happen. He knows he's gone. So he had to leave Tony with something. And what I think is going to happen, I think that somehow Captain Tony's going to get the Infinity Gauntlet, and he's going to have to make the same choice that Thanos made to operate the Reality Stone. And he's uh, Captain America is going to sacrifice himself. Because Chris Pine has mentioned that he's... Uh, not Chris, Chris, Chris Pine? Yeah. Not Chris Pine. Chris... Chris Chris Evans. Uh, Evans, Chris Evans. Oh, the Chris's. Chris Pines. Uh, that's a different Chris. That, yeah, that's Captain Kirk. Um, but he, Chris actually, Evans. He, that's is, the one Chris that's not in the Adventures. Yeah, you figure it. <laughs> there's there's tons Chris, of other Chris's. <laughs> uh, Chris Evans. He um, he said that this that will be his last role as Captain America. He's he's done, and I think they're going to give him that that sacrifice ending that is going to be good. You know what I mean? That the hero deserves. Yeah. And that would be just the thing that Cap would do. That's an like somebody who's going to have to step up and volunteer. Yeah, that, that's an interesting uh, take on that. I, that there well, won't well, be a dry eye to, in the house, I'm sure. Oh, no. And to have Tony have to do it. Mm-hmm. And then they realize their love for each other, even though Tony had to make that tough phone call, right? And, yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah. It's going to be. It's going to make a lot of people cry. But I think I'm going to be happy when everybody, I see everybody come back. I was surprised, though. I, I didn't realize that they got rid of all the second and third tier Avengers and left just the, the prime guys behind. So you know they just they kind of cleared the board. They they did, yes, but but they'll bring the board back. Oh, of course, yeah. and that's why I think they left a lot of the heroes out. Like uh, maybe Hawkeye will be back. Mm-hmm. Um, Ant Man's going to show up somehow into that too, yeah. and a few other characters. I think a lot of characters will get bigger parts in it too. Uh, Karen, Karen Gillum too is a Nebula. She's left there with Tony on that planet, so they have to get off that. That's right. But it's it's going to be great. I I almost don't want to. I want to be like my friend Richard, who doesn't watch any of the trailers. Like he goes to the movies, but he hides his hands and his head and <laughs> in his in his popcorn bag. Yeah. You know, so he doesn't watch anything. Um, I couldn't do that, but I'd like to. Yeah. I'd like to go in fresh, but I couldn't do that. I, it's harder to go in fresh. Oh, totally. Particularly now. I mean, case in point, the uh, the new Joker movie that's being made with Joachim Phoenix. Wow. People have been throwing pictures left, right, and center from behind the scenes. They haven't even made the movie yet. They're, they're just right. doing it now, and people are throwing up behind-the-scenes images, pictures. And, and, of course, everyone's going, losing their crap and, about this and, and saying, well, the makeup that's not doesn't the Joker. Do it for you know, no. I mean, we don't know that's what's it. going on. We don't know, and again, if we had seen Heath Ledger looking all grubby and dirty like that uh, before we saw the dark, his role in the Dark Knight, we would have thought the same thing too. Exactly. I mean, and Joaquin is a nutcase, so he's good casting, just like Jared Leto's kind of a nutcase. Um, I didn't mind his Joker; I thought maybe a little over the top with the teeth and stuff, but I liked it. It seemed like a a, a fresh kind of take. <laughs> So I didn't mind it. I, I I didn't mind it. I I like the movie. I'm one of the few people who like Suicide Squad. I, I do I do like Suicide Squad. I hate I hate what's her name, um, um, Cara Delevingne. Delevingne. Cara Delevingne. I can't stand yes. her. I think she's just useless. Okay. Um, and I, I hated her in Valerian too. In the the, the that that's le- another world of a thousand planets. What? Sorry. That's another conversation. 
Oh, God, is it ever. But talk talk about Jared Leto. I didn't mind his Joker, but I did. I had the same reaction when I first saw pictures of Jared Leto with the makeup and the teeth and the and the, Mm -hmm. the tattoos. And I thought, wow, that's 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 not the Joker. That's like. You know, it's like the Joker's son who can't get tickets to Coachella. He's to exactly, exactly. Is all that, but it turned out okay. I didn't mind it at all. Yeah, they didn't overuse him yeah. in that. And maybe after all this time, do we really need another Joker movie? I mean, I I look at the Venom movie and I say, yeah, I need a Venom movie now. I'm Eddie Brock. I'm a reporter. I always seem to find myself. Questioning something the government may not be looking at. I found something really bad. And I have been... Who's that bad? bad? Taken. But I never would have thought... Without Spider-Man? I never thought that I would want that, right? It it seems odd that there would be a Venom movie without Spider-Man. Exactly. And it seems odd there would be a Joker movie without the Batman, but... True. And again, I've read the comic where, where, and there's so many speculation of how he became the Joker. Like he was a stand-up comedian, his wife died, and and he just everything was a joke after that. That's from uh, Brian Boland's The Killing Joke. That's right. Alan, Alan that, Moore's The Killing Joke. Yeah. That's right. Um, so it, I love that origin story. It makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just have. I again, I have my blinders up. And you're right. You just you see something, and you just get that's the visceral reaction. I just hated the makeup. Yeah. It's almost too clowny. It's a it's a John Wayne Gacy kind of clowny. That's that's what's really scary. But and this mm-hmm. might be just like you know here's how he starts out, but we don't know because right and that's right. just it. We're second guessing the producers and you remember you know there was a time we could never do that. Uh, I remember the last movie that I can actually remember where I went in so cold was Ghostbusters. Do you remember when Ghostbusters came out? They only had the this one the symbol they ever showed. way back when. Yeah, yeah, the first one. They only showed the, the, the little ghost with the red line through him, mm-hmm. you know, and that's all we saw. And and I remember on The Tonight Show, they had Bill Murray and, and, and Dan Aykroyd, and that's all they showed. Mm-hmm. Like, they were supposed to have brought a clip, but they didn't bring the clip. They just showed that picture, yeah. and they wouldn't say anything. And, of course, we all know how amazing that movie was when you first saw it. But I just, after that, I seemed to know more about what, what was coming out than... There was just more magazines that printed it. Um, you know, Wizard magazine came out. Starlog, of course, was uh, was out around well, a little before then. But there were so many movies that you know I learned about from from those magazines. Yeah. Well, people forget that movies. I mean, the biggest movie, of course, in the world, is Star Wars. When it first came out, no one even knew what the heck it was all about. Yeah, I, I read mean, about it. In we, Starlog too. Yeah, we did. We knew. Uh, my mm-hmm. friend and I uh, knew because there was a comic book. Marvel did a comic book and we got into up to about issue three before we actually got to see the movie but that's because wow. we lived in a small town and we had to wait for the movie but a friend of mine was living in vancouver and he went and saw the movie on opening day right the, there was four other people in the theaters and one of them wow. was the local film critic for the newspaper and they were the only ones there and 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 wow. it was that was totally word of mouth that built that audience you imagine somewhere in space this may all be happening right now <laughs> 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Here they come. Coming in too fast! The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. 
I mean, I, I have, of course, I have the greatest opening day Star Wars story of anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew, I knew about it again from Starlog, so, and I was just obsessed with everything about it. I even had the, the album, The Story of Star Wars, oh, yeah. that I bought that week before I went and saw the, the movie, but I didn't play it. It was it basically the story. It has um, clips from the movie, but then it has a guy doing narr- narration. Yeah. So you get a lot of the scenes and stuff. Um, so I, again, I, I begged my parents to take me to, to Winnipeg from the base and on Shiloh. They did Friday night. I was ready to go. They said, "No, we'll go tomorrow, Calvin." And I, I freaked out. <laughs> the guy said, "No fucking way! I'm going to see this movie. Someone's going to take me to this movie." Well, your dad had a beard. Maybe I just I left the house. I phoned the bus. I said, what bus do I take to get to this theater? The guy told me. I, the bus driver had me sit right where he dropped me off. And when I got there, there was a huge lineup. And I walked up, and I was going to, to get in the line. They go, no, no, this is the line for people with tickets. And I looked, and the line was like forever. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh. And this guy said, well, hey, kid, uh, my, my buddy didn't show up. Do you want to buy this ticket? Five bucks. And it, the, it was two fifty at the time, right? Uh-huh. I couldn't believe I was being scalped. You know, I'm 12 years old. I'm getting scalped. You bought a but scalp I, ticket to see. Star I did. Wars. I I bought a scalp ticket, and I, and the guy was near the front of the line, and it was funny because nobody gave me shit for getting in line with them, right? Mm-hmm. Right at the front, it was like everybody was just chill, and I walked in there. Of course, totally loved it. But after the Death Star blew up, I sat there thinking, I have to see this again. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. I, I can't wait in that line. And there was something on TV about this kid that that hid in a bathroom and stood on the toilet seat. And waited for the, the theaters to clear out, mm-hmm. and then went and saw it again. I did that, and it worked. When I heard another crowd come in, I just blended in, and I didn't even look at people. Right? I didn't even look at the guys at the at the food counter. Yeah. And I just walked by, and I sat there. Second movie, and I and I remember Death Star blew up again. I went, could I do it again? <laughs> and I go, no way, no way, I get away with it again, right? <laughs> I went, stood on the toilet. This time, somebody jingled the door. And I don't know if I did this day, I don't know if it was theater staff or if it was just somebody need to take a crap. But I just stood there and go, go away, go away, go away. And <laughs> begging them to go away. And they did, and I saw it a third time, and I watched it right till the end that time because it was the last showing. So I've been there till midnight, because the show started at six. I've been there till midnight. Finally get home. Cops are there. They're searching the city for me. I'm getting shit. I did not give I, I'm to this day, I was so in the glow of Star Wars. That I came out of there and I didn't give a shit what anybody would say to me. I mean, the cops giving me hell in the back of the cop car. Mom's giving me hell. Dad's giving me hell. I'm going. <laughs> so you, you guys have got, no idea. You got picked up and, and dragged home in a co- in a cop car. Yes. After you watched yes. Star Wars, three they times. were waiting for me to come out of the theater. Wow. Because they knew what I was. My parents knew what I was wearing, and they figured out that like the cops thought, well, if he went to the movie, he could have been at any of these theaters. There was only I think, two of us playing at. Yeah, but they and knew. They, were up. they knew. Oh yeah, they, they knew, knew which theater you'd be at. Yeah, they knew. But I guess I guess they waited a long time because they, they thought I'd be in one of the lines because, you know, people basically, when they got there, they had to wait another two hours to get to the next movie. But I got in, like, too easy. And so it was fate. It was fate that it happened. And, of course, when I got back to, to the base, I had to tell everybody what it was like. Um, and then the movie came to the base because the, the base commander made a big stink about it because his kids wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. So it, And the base basically shut down for a whole weekend <laughs> when, they, when they showed Star Wars. Yeah. It was fantastic, man. I just remember that so well. And so, I just I miss it, you know. Mm-hmm. I miss it. Like I watched that thing with uh, from Infinity War, and I, I po- it's one of the things that we're posting on our YouTube page, which is something else that we're creating too to go with this Cave of Cool podcast to celebrate my ten years of of, of genius. Yes. Um, uh, but I put this this clip of when Thor arrives in Infinity War, 
on on the uh, on the Bifrost, right. and you'll bring me Thanos. And him and Groot and Rocket are running towards the bad guys, um, and you hear the cheering in the in the in the crowds, and they show from various places over the world. Even when they when they have the the, the dub movie, mm-hmm. you know, Dona Este Thanos, right? And they've got all the languages, and just to hear the people cheer. I haven't been in a movie like that since the first Spider-Man, mm-hmm. where they where they people actually stood up and cheered. The audience goes wild. The audience goes wild. I mean, I remember that as a kid once in a while, but never. Never in a theater have I seen people just lose it like that. I would just love to be part of that. That would just feel so good. But again, Spider-Man was the same thing. My friends didn't want to go that night. I went by myself. Which kind Spider-Man is this? The, the very first one. The very, very first one. one. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the Sam Raimi one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And again, that one took forever to, to get made because they didn't have the technology to make Spider-Man look like he could actually move in space. Mm-hmm. You know, they made it. They made him. Someone figured out how to do it with the computer effects that they never been able to do before. Or Leonardo DiCaprio would have been Sp- Peter Parker, and James Cameron would have made Spider-Man because he had the script. He had he had his, his Mary Jane. He had his, his Peter Parker, mm-hmm. and he was ready to go. But he looked at the effects and he said, eh, "I don't think so. Can't do it." But I'm glad Remy got it anyway. Remy was the right guy to do it. That, Even though, yeah, the, I like the first Spider-Man. I like the first. Two oh, Spider-Man and the first movies. two, the first two are awesome. I cried at the second one uh, when Aunt May gives her speech about about we need heroes. Mm-hmm. I bawled like a little girl. Yeah, and the person I was with was embarrassed to be seen with me, <laughs> but I didn't care because <laughs> okay. I was always the the comic so, guy. Other movies this summer. Yes. Uh, well, Deadpool, oh, I, Deadpool two. Actually, that may have been me. Oh, you're living the dreams, DP. Yeah. Devil may care attitude. <laughs> Strong thighs. Beautiful girlfriend. Sorry I'm late. I was rounding up all the gluten in the world and launching into space where it can't not hurt us ever again. Kiss me like you miss me, Red. Again, I'm a guy that hates Deadpool. I can't stand him. When he first came out, Spider-Man with guns, right? Yeah. That was Lee Feld's great innovation. This is the, the At, comic book you're talking about. The comic book, like yes. Comic and and uh, um, the uh, New Mutants 98 was his first introduction. I actually have that comic book. It's one of the rarer ones around. I'm getting it graded, actually, because mm-hmm. I think I have a grade near 10 on that one, and I have the first cable, too. But I was I was reading one online because I didn't want to open my copy. Um, just because I was eating chicken wings, and I thought, no, I don't want to get it on this book. Um, but they, uh, when I when I read that comic, it is so lame. It is so bad. And Deadpool was never good until other people got a hold of him, and turned him into that merc with the mouth thing, and made him funny and irreverent. And and then and then um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ryan. Uh, oh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Thank you. He got a hold of it, and he found the right mood and tone. And, and again, he went through a couple of directors till he found one he could work with. But I, I admire his vision because he created something there that can stand on its own or can exist with the rest of the X-Men universe now that they're part of um, 
the whole world of uh, Marvel. I mean, I, I heard Disney's going to let Kevin Feig take over the X-Men franchise to make the movies. So we might have Avengers versus X-Men next. You know? It, Magneto might be the next bad guy. Well, that would be awesome. Until they can bring the Fantastic Four back and then make Galactus the bad guy. <laughs> Fantastic Four. That's All of them have been made into movies, but now we're going to do them again. Of course, because we have to do it right. Marvel Cinematic Universe banner. But I still think the Fantastic Four should be a Cold War movie against the Russians. Should be made from it should be set in the 1960s because the Fantastic Four can travel through time. Sure, you'd have a very cool 60s kind of vibe to it. Oh, for sure. And then you could the next two movies could be through the future, mm -hmm. and make Doom the bad guy at the beginning, and at the end I'd have Doom deliver Valeria, who he names of course after his lost love, the daughter of Mister Fantastic and uh, the Invisible Woman. Then, and him and that young girl have a really special grandfather-granddaughter relationship in the comic books. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. And I would like to see Doom get his redemption over the course of that movie. And Reed Richards get his redemption also because basically he, he turned his three best friends into monsters. You know? The three most important people in his life, he, he got them to get on that ship and he turned them into monsters. Yes. And, and there's actually a comic where they take that one step further where he's in um, government custody. He, he can't stretch, so he's wearing this kind of bodysuit that contains his overstretched limbs. Uh, the Invisible Woman is fading into mist. Uh, the the uh, Human Torch, he lights on fire, but he has no immunity to fire. So basically, he's a burn victim. And the thing is just one huge rock pile. He doesn't move or anything, but he's sentient. Mm -hmm. So it's it, it, their, their lives are nightmares. Um, and so uh, that comic really... It was a what-if, and that comic... It really it always stuck with me. So I think that's that's how you, you push that, that story forward is his guilt, Reed Richards' guilt over what he did. And finally he comes to grips with it when he realizes they can all do good and he doesn't feel the guilt anymore because they, they forgive him. Yeah. Of course, they would hate him first for what they did to him. But he, what he did to them, and they it would, it would work out in the end. Yeah. See, I've got the whole movie in my head. I wish, I wish someone would call me. <laughs> now, they did a little bit of that in the very first one, the one with... Um uh, Michael Chiklis as the, yes, the thing. Yes. And there was a little bit of that guilt. Um, yes, with, uh, yeah, but not enough. Ian, not enough. Ian, Ian, I can't pronounce his name. Ian Griffith. Griffith. Griff, as, McGriff, as, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and, people, and he wasn't bad. People generally poo-poo that movie. They say, oh, you know, but it, at least it was not as as uh, as bad as the 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 reboot one, which never got a. Wow, and they had good actors in that one too. I know. But the Doom was bad too, and yeah. the, the you know just I, I wish somebody could get Doom together, but for some reason he's just so hard to make, so hard to to get him right. Yeah, I think you need to find the right actor or the right CGI or the right costume. They should maybe get a some of the cosplayers I've seen their Doctor Doom costumes. Mm -hmm. They should hire one of those guys to make it you because know, some, of those, some of those cosplayers are amazing. Oh, right. because Do Doom is the one character who's one of the very few whose costume, like um, um, uh, Black Manta, whose costume has never changed over the years. It never needed to be updated. It never it maybe it turned white once, but it was still Doom, right? It was a, it was a classic. Yeah, it was a classic. Even when they made the Secret Wars and the Secret War toys, the only the only note that the toy makers gave to Marvel was that they thought Doom looked too medieval. <laughs> it's too, too, medieval. too medieval. So that's why he has that that chest, the modern kind of chest plate on the toy. He doesn't look like his regular Doom. And I think Marvel after that said, "Fuck this, we're not Doom is Doom, right? Mm -hmm. All our Dooms are going to look like Doom." And I have maybe ten Doom figures, beautiful ones, and they're they all look the same. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Other films. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Solo. 
You're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? Oh, I love Solo. Solo was amazing. Again, I, I, Solo was the movie that most Star Wars fans say, eh, you know. But I, perf- myself personally, I thought it was like the absolute perfect Star Wars movie. It was, it was the best Star Wars movie I've seen since the reboot of Star Wars. The problem with the other movies, I, I think, is that there's too much continuity and too much uh, um, burden that they have to carry with them mm-hmm. in the future, right? Like, you've got to always ask, where's Han? Where's Chewie? Where's... R2, where's 3PO, where's Luke, right? right. They all got to be a part of a new story. Maybe they should have said it a thousand years in the future um, and then did something else with it. But since they said it so close to the other movies, they have to be a part of it. And that drags down everything for people that have their own idea of how these characters should have aged. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Solo, by going back, he's only got to hit a few points. He's got to get win the Millennium Falcon, right? Yep. He's got to hook up with Chewbacca and and We've got to see him become from become more of a from a charming rogue to a real rogue, right? Yes. Someone who realizes that I'm in a dangerous game here, and forever the idea of who shot first is done. Yes. Right. That was settled business, um, and I love that too. Because that re- the cast was amazing. I mean, all, I thought Alden Ehrenreich did a really good job as as Han Solo. I do too. Uh, Donald Glover. Amazing, amazing. He's had a hell of a year. By yeah. Childish Gambino, Childish that Gambino. that video was awesome, and the fact that he played so he was Billy D. Williams. I expect him to have a Colt forty five in his hand, right? Yeah, from the old from the old uh, commercials that Billy D. used to do. That's right. But it done just done so well. How he won the Millennium Falcon, how he shot the guy first because he wasn't taking any chances that yeah, this was gonna. Woody Harrelson, of course, you know. Woody, and Woody, like, but Woody's awesome. You know, he's uh, he's. A I love him in anything. I love him in anything. And I, I thought the story went exactly the way it should have gone. Right. I didn't want him to save the girl. No. No. That, that, I didn't want that to happen because that would have been too too much. Yeah. But it was perfect. It, it showed where he started, where he got his skills, why he hates the Empire, you know, why he's a, a, you know, a smuggler and, and why he loves that lifestyle, why he's good at that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Solo. I thought that was really well done. And I can't believe people get butthurt about it. I, You've got I, a hand Solo movie where the kid didn't pretend he was Harrison Ford. Which is so easy to slip into, yeah. if you well, wanted to, you know. And this is—you can't be that. You, this is on your way to becoming that character, and this is where you start. You know, you weren't—you weren't who you are today when you were in your twenties. You're right. <laughs> you're goddamn there. You're I, right about that. I was an ass <laughs> in my. 20s. I was a god. I, <laughs> I only became an ass. I, yeah, I'm just a faded old ass now. But yeah. <laughs> um, okay, other movies from the summer: uh, Justice League. We have to be ready. You, me, the others. There's an attack coming from far away. Not coming, Bruce. It's already here. We Justice League, again, um, I like parts of it, mm-hmm. but I hate those dark effects, man. 
Yeah. Those dark effects drive me crazy. That Snyder effect, I can't stand it. I don't know why they can't do it in the light. And that was one of the things I, w- I was only disappointed with Wonder Woman was that final fight. Why it's always taking place the darkest night of the year. Yes. Right? Again, because they can't do the effects. But then some. Then, then I go, well, they did it in Avengers Civil War. They were able to fight in full daylight in an airport, and it didn't look fake to me. Exactly. So I don't know. Yeah. I just think somebody got a little lazy, um, and then somebody spent their money elsewhere that they should have spent on on, on effects. And, and again, I love so, so many parts of it. I love the Flash parts. I like the Aquaman parts. I like the Flash. Um, I, I like the... I, I do like the Flash very much. I love the way they portrayed him, you know, as almost a Kid Flash kind of deal. Almost, yeah. Yeah, and he, he made his own suit. So, I mean, he's got some some um, some ideas too, you know, and I like the way they did Cyborg. I like the, the, the way they connected all of that to crypto or, or uh, um, apocalypse technology, yes. right? They built a nice a nice base, but they really need to figure something out. Um, yeah, I like Ray I, Fisher as, as Cyborg. And, and I, I liked Ezra Miller as the Flash. Mm-hmm. I thought he was mm-hmm. good and sincere. And, and, and Henry Cavill is a great Superman. Uh, well, but it, he would be a great Superman pro- if they just let him lighten up, which eventually they did. Near the end of the movie, he did lighten right. up. There's right, right. And that, 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 that post-credit sequence where he does this race with the Flash, which is which is like, oh, there's Superman. <laughs> We're waiting right. for him to show up. Right. But I, again, I think he, they've chosen, and again, this goes back to the first the movies he played before. Mm-hmm. They've chosen to make him seem more aloof and and. De- deliberately aloof from humanity, right? Yep. They played up that, that too much, but you're right. There should be more of a, a sense of humor to it yep. because Superman does get the joke, right? He does understand his place in the world. Well, he did does. You ever, he, did you ever read that comic book from a few months ago where they had – it was basically Batman with Catwoman going to a hotel room and Superman with Lois Lane going to the next hotel room, and they're both talking about each other, why Superman thinks Batman is better than him, and why Batman thinks Superman is better than him. Hmm. Right? And it's so well done the way they, they, like, you know, Superman says his family was killed. He could have been become the worst villain on the planet, but he didn't. You know, and then so Batman says he's a god. He could have conquered this planet, but hmm. he didn't. Yeah. Right? And they both go back and forth like that until the end they introduce their girlfriends to each other. Like, uh, Superman goes up in the elevator. Batman goes up on the car, on the cable that's holding the elevator, of course, hmm. right? right? You can't ride in an elevator, huh. right? He's got to climb up the, the, the elevator shaft. Of course. <laughs> but it, that, that's, that's, and I, that's what I miss. I miss kind of that world's finest kind of relationship yeah. that they had in the comic books, too. And, and the cartoons. Yeah. I they know that was something that cartoon. was definitely missing from uh, Batman versus Superman. Yes. Yes. And the fact that I, I didn't get it till later on that he, Martha, they both, they're both their mothers are named Martha. I, I never realized and that. And now that's become a joke. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, that that was all that it took. How do you defeat Thanos? <laughs> Martha. Did you say Martha? <laughs> yeah, that, that would be awesome if Drax said that, right? Although, yeah, the one thing that I had a big problem with in Batman versus Superman, which is not that it was okay, it was not bad, but the thing that I had a big problem with was not that Superman wasn't Superman, but Clark Kent wasn't Clark Kent. Right. Clark Kent is a reporter, and Kent, if you read, you know, you know the comic yep. books, you know that yep. if he's got assigned a story, he'll, he'll, he'll be he'll producing readable copy. You know, right. he won't have Perry White coming and saying, "I don't." Where's that story? You know, and he's right. saying, "I'm I'm on a more I'm on a bigger story." That's that's not that's not Clark Kent. Clark Kent. No, no, he would turn in that first story, then he'd go work on the other one. That's right. And then and then Lois would ask Perry again, "Why don't you fire this idiot?" And he said, "Because he, he gets my stories. Exactly, he gets me my stories. He's not he the average reporter. He's... And that's why she hates him yeah. in a way, because he's he's almost as good as her. That's right. 
And I joke from the first Superman, he's the fastest goddamn typist I've ever seen. That's right. right? That's all you need to say. And I, it missed a lot of those touches, those those comedic touches that Richard Donner brought to the, the first Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, which was, again, the effects weren't great compared to today, but what a revelation that movie was Amazing at the time. So it, you never can tell, eh? That's true. Okay, let's let's go through some other movies from the summer. Uh, the Meg. What's that? There's a monster outside. What you people discovered is bigger than we ever thought possible. How big is that thing? It was the largest shark that ever existed. A living fossil. Thought to have been extinct over two million years. Wrong. Which I haven't seen. The, oh, okay. The Meg. Um, I would just say for a giant shark movie, it's pretty toothless. It's PG-13. <laughs> you know, that, that's the old joke. It's, it's PG-13, but boy, they, they could have went full retard on it. With, with the concept, and that's you know that's my 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 movie making success. That's my only rule. The more higher the concept, the more full retard you got to go in the execution. You really got to play the killer shark angle, and it was good. It was entertaining. It was fun. The people who died, I I thought would die would die. The ones who lived would live. It, it but it it, it could have been so much more, especially with Jason Th- Statham, and and the the little toys and effects that they had and the story they had. It it made sense. Um, but I, I you've seen it before. Okay. You know, it just it just didn't thrill me as much as it should. I enjoyed it, but me, eh. right. I wanted more. I guess we were born into a world at war between the monsters that destroyed our cities and the monsters we created to stop them. We thought we had sacrificed enough, but the war we thought we finished is just beginning. The only thing standing in front of the apocalypse is us. Pacific Rim Uprising 2. Now, I was a big fan of the huge, the very first Pacific Rim movie. I was too. Completely this unexpected. I... Didn't know what it was going to be about. Right. I right. went to it. My inner 11-year-old was like, oh, yeah, oh. this is awesome. <laughs> right. Uh, didn't go to see the second one, though. Was not it's, it's about more it. of the same. It's more of the same, and it, it almost like it was. It's overwritten. And John Boyega, you know, right from the beginning, he's got to live up to his father's legacy. Bob, right. Bob, and he, it goes just the way you think it would go. There are no surprises. Um, the bad guy, you know, he's going to be the bad guy from the beginning. Um, you know, they're going to have robots battling each other, right? Because it's not enough that they have to buy, fight the kaiju, right? They have to battle each other too. Well, of course. Um, so. I don't know. It, it like when you mention it, it basically faded from my memory. Okay. It, it it didn't leave any kind of impression whatsoever. Now the Predator, I thought that was that was kick ass. Do you know what my job description is? I'm in acquisitions. I look up and I catch what falls out of the sky. on the ship.
that's just kind I of mean, opened up recently, right? It reopened up recently, and it only got 34% by Rotten Tomatoes, but I think they were just looking for something else uh, than, that, that wasn't supposed to be there. It's a Predator movie. Yes. And you got everything you wanted. Again, where, where the Meg was, was tame, Predator was almost overly violent, um, and I loved it. When the one predator, there's a predator breaks out of uh, confinement, and when, when he starts killing scientists and other guys, it's just wicked, bloodthirsty. And of okay. course, they do that stupid thing like on the A team. Every time you sound a jeep going down the road on the A team, you knew they were going to jump and flip, right? Right. I saw this jeep going by the going for the predator. Three guys sitting with their heads up, and the predator's got this little string thing that he throws across the road, basically to cut their heads up. But I knew that was coming the second I saw three guys in a jeep, right? Yeah. So you're waiting for their heads to pop off like little uh, dandelions. It's things. like the old uh, Siskel and Ebert. Uh, and right. I, met, I met Roger Ebert once years and years ago. Oh, and cool. He said that him and Gene Siskel, you had this thing. It was a movie trope. Whenever you saw it, a, a chase happening. and But one of them would shout, fruit cart. And sure right. enough, the, the next scene would be the someone. You wrote a book on cart. that. You wrote yeah. a book with about 100 of those in it. Mm. Like the man will always, like something about the man will always save the woman. Or explain to the woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what it was, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of. But the, the fruit stand one, I always know. Yeah. If it's a foreign locale, they'll always hit a fruit stand. There will always be a fruit cart. And they did that in Fallout, the, the Tom Cruise one, uh, Mission Impossible. Your mission. Should you choose to accept it? I wonder. Did you ever choose not to? And you always feared is coming. And the blood will be on your hands. The fallout of all your good intentions. You had a terrible choice to make in Berlin. One life over millions. And now the world is at risk. This is the CIA's mission. If he had held on to the plutonium, we wouldn't be having this conversation. This team would be dead. Yes, they would. That's the job. Did you like that one? I have not actually seen any of the Mission Impossible movies. You know what? None of them. I watched the first one. I got about halfway through it. And I lost interest. I don't know why. And I never picked wow. it up again. And I really should do that. Is it Cruise? Is it the running? Is it the... You know what? I don't know. I think it was because they... Uh, they And, you know, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, they read the very first one. It begins with them killing off or uh, all of the characters from the TV series. You know, Mr. Right. Phelps, Jim Phelps. Right. It's like, we kill them off. It's like, what the heck are you doing? I think that you've was never seen the end of the crime. first one. I have not seen the end. Oh, you've never seen the train stunt? See, I gotta go see it. I have to. see Oh, it. it's like the the stunts in it are amazing. See, Just I like, don't I, think I understood what they were going for, you know, because I was a big okay. fan of Mission Impossible. The TV I series. was, I was too, I was too. Uh, but I think when you when you watch the whole thing, it's actually really, really good. It's got a great ending. Mm-hmm. But I find that every one after that is almost the same movie, except that what's the big stunt we can do now? Right. What's the big stunt Tom can do now? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it just seems like he keeps pushing it. I admire him for that, but I've never watched a Tom Cruise movie except Edge of Tomorrow where I look at him and I go, that's an actor, that's a character. Yeah. I always go, that's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe uh, a Tropic Thunder, but he played such an outrageous character in that I, one. I, I, I loved 
I me too. Thunder, yeah. It shows me that he can do it. He with the bald head and the he, it's, oh yeah, and the big gut and everything. That was, and, and Robert Downey Jr. The as, the, as, the, as the white actor playing a black character who's right, 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 so and then weird. the black actor playing yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it, and that's why the full retard in the execute you go in full retard, right? That's where I got that that idea from was Drop It Thunder. Absolutely, you got to go full retard. Got to go full retard. Um, <laughs> got to go full retard. And and again, the Fallout it got ninety six percent. People call it the best action movie of all time. I didn't see that. I thought Henry Cavill was great. The fight scenes are awesome. Everything about it is so well done, but it just always leaves me cold. Henry of, Cavill and the infamous mustache, yeah. Yes, yes, that they had to, they had to block out because someone can't shave and put a mustache on somebody else. Well, now, that, see, originally, and I, hear that I read an article which said that originally Cavill was going to shave the mustache, go right. do the Superman reshoots, and then grow the mustache back. And they said, well... Your mustache might not be grown back fully, but we can put some, do some CGI and put your mustache back in. Yeah. And the, yeah. Someone, someone at the studio, someone of the executives got a wind of that and said, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. The other, te- the other studio, they can do the CGI, not us. <laughs> so that was why they yeah. had to we're real. To we're the, the real facial hair studio. That was right? why they had to do the, the CGI. It just seems like somebody had a bug up their ass and wanted to show his power, it, right? Basically, it was a pissing contest between two studios. Yeah. And we were all got pissed on, sadly. Yeah, but again, Cavill, I, I I I like him as an actor. I loved uh, Man from Uncle. Absolutely, he was fantastic. Fantastic in that. movie, and he's up. Actually, I'm glad that the talk of him being James Bond again is going through the mill, because I think he'd be a fantastic Bond. I think he would be a good James Bond if they Witcher game, the but I guess he's been cast on that. If they change right. the tone of the movies to be more like a not quite as cartoonish, but a little more like the Roger Moore ones, a little I more not in a wink. I think Cavill would I be agree. good. I it, think it, he would be. Too. Cast Cavill and then just sort of get out of his way and let him do what he what he does. Agreed. He's a good actor. Agreed. I, I like I like um, um, the guy playing him now. I think he's a, he's my thug. You know, I like my bond as I liked my bond as a thug. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. But I want my bond to go back to being sophisticated, unbelievably good looking, mm-hmm. and um, the women just falling over him, yep. but being very smart too. And I want to see a few more little gadgets that that uh, Daniel Craig didn't want to have. You know, I want to see Cavill really take advantage of that stuff. See, that would be awesome. Yeah. I, I just think he could sell it for the next five movies. The way the way poor Pierce Brosnan, he got his chance, and I think he did some good movies. I love um, um, Goldeneye. I think he did some really good stuff. Uh, but he, he was almost five years too late. Sadly, that's true, yes. Yeah, Remington Steele was his James Bond. That was his James Bond, yeah. And they screwed him. They did. But he got his chance, and I'm glad he got his chance, because he made some good Bonds. They were not bad. No, not bad. The spice must flow. He who controls the spice controls the universe. I, we got to talk about pumpkin spice. Oh God, pumpkin spice! Nope. You Why do I hate pumpkin it? spice? I can't stand it. It just seems like that over the past number of years has been creeping into my life at this time of year. Like I was okay with chocolate bars having like a little pumpkin on them, right? Or they put out those uh, uh, Alpha Gettys with pumpkin uh, shapes, right? Right. I, I I'm okay with that, but it seems like this time of year. Everything is pumpkin spice. Everything is pumpkin spiced from the cereal to the lattes to the, the, the donuts. Everything's got that horrible taste. And I hate pumpkin pie. I think the only reason you eat it is because people cover it with half a, a tub of Dream Whip. But really, does anybody ever come back for seconds on pumpkin pie? Well, I no. do, but that's me. Well, that, yeah, you're a heretic, though. But the thing is, right? though, well, of, of course. <laughs> but the thing is, though, well, I did some research about pumpkin spice. Now, pumpkins mm-hmm. themselves aren't actually spicy. I know they're, exactly. They're, they're a squash. They're not spicy. Exactly. But what this, what 
I did some research on this. What pumpkin spice is is actually the spices that you put in the pumpkin to make it actually palatable. Oh, so why don't they call it nutmeg? Well, now because and I, I've got the secret recipe for pumpkin spice. Okay, Basically, it's cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, cloves, and sometimes allspice. And that's oh, pumpkin spice. So they throw those spices into everything, and they call it pumpkin spice. There's actually no pumpkin in it. There see, be, see, and that and that bothers me too because you people are buying it. Yeah. Now in the UK, like. it's actually marketed as mixed spice. Ah, uh, see, so they get away with that too. Yeah. That's but, evil. That is an evil I don't understand. So it's just that spice, a little bit of vanilla, and that's your pumpkin spice, basically. Uh, yeah. An interesting um, uh, little bit of tidbit of trivia: the very first pumpkin recipe actually comes from a book called American Cookery, which was by Amelia Simmons, and it was published in 1796. Ugh. That's how old the pumpkin spice thing is. That's the very first pumpkin recipe. So there's That old? Wow. Yeah. So so then those marketers are just stupid. They should have been doing it right back then. They should have realized, hey, no one likes pumpkins. <laughs> they like to carve them. They like to, to grow them really big, but no one wants to eat them. No one wants to eat them. So let's figure out a way to get people to eat squash. them. Same same way the guy had uh, the guy that invented little baby corns. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing. Yep. There was a problem. The corns he he he, he grew these little baby corns and they became a, a sensation. But that was a screw up at, when it started. Until he found a way to market them. Well, that's you know some things. Sometimes that's what happens. Is something screws up and it's like, what the heck are we going to do with all this stuff? Like silly putty. Right. Silly putty yep. wasn't originally going to be silly putty. It was nope. a byproduct of some rubber. That's right, vulcanization. That's right. What are we gonna do? And the guy figured out you could it would pick up ink from a from a cartoon or from a, from a newspaper. Mm-hmm. It would pull the ink off a newspaper, and you could actually read what was there. Well, backwards, but you could still read it. And I remember on the bo- even on the container they showed you that you're supposed to go get a, a su- the Sunday paper and get the Sunday comics out. And how many kids did that? Now, did you eat your play doh? Your, your silly putty? I didn't eat it. No. I love actually, it. I did try it. You, you, it's you, so you get good. Chew it. It's like ooh, but. Again, you do the thing with the, the newspaper, which uh, which they don't have anymore, newspapers, I mean. Oh, no, and the comics in the newspaper are so sad. Yeah. It's like they pay the guys who write the worst strips. You know, you never see Pearls Before Swine in there. You never see, you know, Calvin and Hobbes, I think, was the last good one they've had in there. Thank and you. how many times have they shown BC or the Wizard of Id? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, so ne- next week we'll do the TV one. Yes. Since the new TV series has started, we could talk about Magnum P.I. I'm going to watch that one on Tuesday. Um, or yeah, Tuesday I think it starts. Is it Tuesday? Oh, the gifted, oh. the gifted is Tuesday. Monday I think. Monday mm. is is uh, um, Magnum PI, right. and then uh, Tuesday's the gifted. So there's a couple good shows coming back. And of course, Star Trek Discovery. Yes, Doctor Who. Definitely, we can talk that. Up, so. Talk the Expanse, since that one ended, but it's going over to Amazon. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. And um, we'll also next next week we'll also talk about. Uh, I'll we'll examine your love for live PD. Oh, please. Try to help us understand what the live PD is all about. You don't watch no live PD? I, have to, I don't. Either. Oh, that, that one I'm looking forward to. That's the that's greatest show. I, I mean, I, I used to love Cops, and I thought Cops was the greatest show that, that TV ever produced. But Cops is basically they film it and they edit it. This is bad.